This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, it can mean only one thing it is the Fight Disciples, and we are at the top of the Radio City Tower, baby, looking out over the beautiful Echo Arena. It's glimmering away in the, in the glistening moonlight of the River Mersey. And this weekend, it will be taken over. It will be taken over by Paddy the Baddies Army. Cage Warriors 96 returns to Liverpool this weekend, or Cage Warriors returns to Liverpool this weekend. Massive show, this 96 event. Absolutely ram-packed with local talent. Over the past few weeks, we've had Paddy on the show. We've had Lee Chadwick on the show. I've got Elliot Jenkins coming up a little bit later on the show tonight. But first and foremost, I want to set the scene. I want to set the scene for what's going to be an incredible night of mixed martial arts action on Saturday night. And I thought, who better to speak to than someone that's done it herself? Someone that's headlined at the Echo Arena, that's moved on to the UFC, that's teammates are all in action this weekend. And she can sit back, she can relax, she can enjoy the splendor of Cage Warriors 96 for all it is. And someone that can tell me a little bit of inside information on how the lads <laughs> and the girls are all looking. I am, of course, I'm talking about Meatball herself, Molly McCann. How are you doing, Molly? Mate, what an intro that was. <laughs> hey, I feel I feel like I'm the famous and that off that intro there. <laughs> <laughs> You're not in Liverpool at the moment, are you, Mol? No, I've uh, come down to see me mum in sunny, sunny Bournemouth. So we're literally just in this place called the Jake Hut and I'm about to get me Jake chicken on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of camp, Molly McCann's a happy Molly McCann. I know, she's only an unhappy Molly McCann like fight week, to be honest. But other than that, She's all gone. Absolutely. Gold. Listen, last time I spoke to you was a very emotional moment. Um, oh, you know, it was the mate. fallout of UFC <laughs> Liverpool. How long did yeah. it take you to, to dry the tears and put things into perspective? Um, like, if I'm being deadly honest with you, yeah, I had a bit of post-traumatic stress going on after it because yeah. um, obviously getting put to sleep in the echo in front of that many people is... Um, it's quite traumatic when you're not used to losing and not even rounds in the gym to lose too many rounds, you know what I mean? So it was like, it was like, oh my God, I'd won the first round, I'd done well in the first round, but she implemented their game plan much better than what I did in the, in the second and just got me. And it took me about, honestly, about four or five weeks before I stopped having like nightmares and anxiety about the loss. And then, and then it took, it, it took me to just, sit down and spend time with my friends and my family to realise like the magnitude of what I'd actually achieved. Like within sixteen months I'd gone from a no one to a prelim to the main card to the headline on the card to signing for the UFC. So I, I kinda set aside everything that I had done and didn't really think too much in it. And and it was a, it was my friends, it was my family, it was it was walking to the gym from from where I live in Kenny. Every day I walk down um, Prescott Road and everyone bibbing the cars, yes, meatball, next time, Gail, you've done the city crowd. It was it was the people of the city yeah. that kind of made me think, freaking out, you know what, I've not done too bad there. I've, I've set my stall out and now I get to get to go again. We took the fight on a bit of a short shorter notice than what anyone would like, but yeah. um, it's one of them when you get the call, you don't, you don't say no, do you know what I mean? So next time we'll get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, listen, I, I knew you'd obviously you were emotional on the night. I knew it was going to take a, 
a little while to get over it. But that's that's a yeah. lovely story. To it was the city, it was the people of the city who yeah. supported you right through it, who, who were on this journey with you. And it's it's yeah. kind of nice that it was it, the city's played a part in pulling you out of it, saying, "Come on, Gail, you've had an incredible yeah, last like, twelve like, months. Yeah. Are you messing?" They're like, "Why why have you got your head down? Get your head up!" And I was just thinking, I've held on to the loss a lot more than what other people have. Do you know what I mean? But when I lost. I probably had about four negative messages online and every other message was like, you know what, you had a good account for yourself, go away, work on yourself. No one was nasty. And normally when people lose, like people switch on you quick, do you know what I mean? And they get on your back and I just didn't have none of it. So I was just like, oh, do you know what, my city, like the, the fans, the support, they're the best in the world. Yeah, of course. Since you've been back in the gym as well, is it? I've I've now look back on it and think maybe I needed that maybe I needed that little bit of a bring me back down to earth to, with a bump okay maybe not the occasion but in my development as a fighter okay in my, yeah I've kind of think like I think you know me well enough to to still know that I I never got carried away with being a world champion I didn't get carried away about being in the UFC really you was no. the one who broke the news that like yeah. I always kept it quite low key because I thought I can't. I've seen what happens with Paddy, and I, I, I've seen like the, the people that are just jumping on Darren Till's bandwagon. They, they've not been near the whole journey, so I thought, right, I've got to keep my head down and just keep focusing on what I'm doing. But I'm glad it happened in my first fight and not my third, fourth, or fifth. You know what I mean? I've had really positive reassurance, reassurance from the UFC and from Mick Maynard and from my team. Like I'm still a, I'm still a, a bit of a someone in the division and. And I've just got to, got to take my time to get better, improve and come back and, and do the business, really, which I know that I'm capable of doing. Of course. So, uh, any news but, yet, Muller, on a potential return date? Will it be this year? Will it be early next year? Do you know? And and also on that point, any any idea when Fish will make his UFC debut? Uh, this is the thing. I just haven't... We've had a couple of conversations with the UFC this week. Um, so we need to talk about it as a camp and then move forward there. Yeah. Um, but I can't really say until we decide what's best for us moving forward. But I don't, I don't know why Fishy has... This, this lad's, like, struck with this unlucky stick of why is he not getting a fight, do you know right. what I mean? Because he had a face, you started testing all the day, me and him both got tested. I was in the bath, and they'd come for me, and I was like, oh, Fishy, you started on the way, so make sure you're in yours. And they went and done him as well, because he's, like, he's never where he says he is, do you know what I mean? So he's like... Yeah, Mal, I'm in the gym. I'm like, no, I'm in the gym. Where are you? He's like, oh, all right, I'm in ours. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. The amount of times I've arranged interviews with Chris Fishgold, yeah, yeah, come on, I'm in the gym. You get down, he's like, yeah, we haven't seen him today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's our fishy. But it, things are positive, do you know what I mean? It's like, I've got John Moores behind me now, so the stuff that they do with Rocky and all the other boxers of the city is getting done with me. Um, I'll be on wait November, the beginning of November, like, I mean, fighting weight like literally two key above weight yeah. so if I get the call I'll be ready to go we've been doing so much more work on on maximising my strength and my VO2 max and endurance was always that's always been me, me bread and butter wearing the, the people down do you know what I mean so we haven't really had to work on that but I only punched the pad and kicked the pad on Wednesday last week since the fight because I promised myself 100 days of jiu-jitsu yeah. before it touched anything so um have you been counting yeah. the days as well? Oh, mate, two I'm more days and I can kick <laughs> someone. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. It's like I'm not even bothered because I've still sparred. 
course. But like I'm just I, I'm just wrestling and and doing BJJ every day, so I'm start I'm really starting to get somewhere with it. And it weren't like I never got anywhere with it before. It was just like, right, what are you best at? Right, I'm best at punching people's heads in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's keep on doing that. Do you know what I mean? Of course. We just sat back and Paul was like, do you know what? As a style, we just always was quite defensive, and he said. I've never taught anyone to be defensive. I've always taught people to be attacking. So if you look at anyone from the gym, they can all attack. So he's like, no, you can, you can do this now. So I've um, started again and, and just gone from there. And it's, it's, it's really good. Brilliant. I'm in a good place. So. Obviously, obviously, you'll be home this weekend. Speaking of good places, Cage Warriors returns uh, yep. for 96 this weekend. A card yep. packed with Scousers, packed with next-gen fighters. Week. It's a home match, yeah. isn't it? This is a home game for next-gen oh, every time Cage Warriors comes. It's <laughs> mental. And obviously, the, the main man top of the show as well, Paddy the Baddy. But he's in a fight, isn't he? Tom back isn't yeah. coming oh, to lose. He's a tough is... kid. Yeah, so I was like, I was half nervous about 24. Um, what was the last name? What was his name? I can't Vladis. What was his name? What was his name? The where was he from? When Pad went the, the lad who the last lad who Paddy beat, yeah, the Savidas. Yeah, yeah Savidas. Yeah. I was like so so nervous, and I'd seen him in camp and I thought I don't know why I'm being nervous here, but I knew it was like after the mad fight, so we had this big one. He had to come back, he had to make a statement. Yeah, and I was like, I'm I'm more nervous for that than what I am for this, and it's like don't get me wrong, this he's no easy customer like this is the toughest fight of Paddy's life without yeah. a shadow of a doubt but he, this this lad thinks he's going to come and out grapple Paddy and it's one of them like you look at any fight Paddy's been in when he's not supposed to win with grappling mm-hmm. he submitted the person or absolutely dominated them so this is probably one of the first fights where I'm a little bit like do you know what I've seen what he's done in the gym I'm I, like he hasn't left stones unturned it's, he's been as professional as I've ever seen him and it's like he's I think this win, and I don't see why you wouldn't want to go to the UFC then. Do you know what I mean? I just, I'm not looking past this fight mm-hmm. at all, but I know, I just, I can feel where he's going and where his energy and his vibes are at the minute. I say that performance last time, you know, the pressure was on Paddy after after losing his belt to Nenamani. Um, Savidas yeah. came and, you know, had a bit of a reputation. In the first round, they kind of duked it out, and you're like, this is going to be an absolutely brilliant fight. Then, start yeah, of the second sure. round, Paddy just goes, Want to see a bit of magic? Whoop! Right, throws on, he, throws on a flying knew. triangle just to he make knew. just to make the internet melt. Why not? Because he's know. Paddy. I know. And do you know what's the best thing though? Um, when you see Paddy getting put in compromising situations and grappling, like I'm like, <gasps> and there's been a few fights I've watched him and he's been in these positions where I'm thinking, oh my god, don't tap. Oh my god, is he is he caught? He just he's so unorthodox. Like he'll just get. He'll get out of a submission the way that you're not supposed to get out of it, and then just absolutely destroy the person for even thinking that, they, that they're allowed to try that against them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that that's Paddy's style, though, isn't it? You know, and yeah, hundred percent. It's it's just now I've been round round him for a lot longer, and I've been involved in the mix. It's like you you get so excited for these kind of things because. I said to him, um, when I fought and he was in my corner in October, when he couldn't fight because yeah. he got concussed, um, he was like, he was really upset. Like, I mean, heartbroken that he couldn't fight on the show. And I said to him the other day, I said, lad, I know how you're feeling now. I said, because I feel not like in an envious way, but I feel sick to my stomach that all my mates, all my training partners get to go out there at the Echo and have the best night of their lives. Because yeah. you just don't know, like, the amateurs coming up now, I was like, lads, you don't know how lucky you are. Like, 
my first MMA fight was in like a sports centre that was just rough and I was like, use a use a fighting amateur fighting in an arena. Yep. It's crazy. Look at eleven thousand seat arena, do you know what I mean? I was like, you don't even know how lucky you are. Yeah. And then their performances that they, they put on good performances themselves, do you know what I mean? So Well that's it, but you know, at the end of the day, yourself and Paddy, you've feathered this nest. You know, you've brought Cage Warriors to Liverpool. Yeah. You're the ones that are bringing it, making it happen. And that was something that yeah. Paddy said on the show. A few, I had him on two weeks ago when he said, I don't feel like I can move to the UFC yet because I don't think the person behind me to come and headline the show, the likes of an, an Elliot Jenkins or someone to come through, is quite there yet. And when they're yeah. there, and when I can leave, and Cage Warriors will go, oh, it doesn't matter, we haven't got Paddy or Molly now yeah. because we've got yeah, such yeah. and such the headline. Yeah. And they'll st- still come back to the Echo, which was such a mature thing for Paddy to say. He's changing, yeah. isn't he, Molly? You know, he's not, he doesn't. He's not, he uh, still looks like a kid, but he's not a kid no more. Do you know what? what I've, he left. I don't think he's left, mate, but when he won the belts, and, uh, I think people should, like struggled onto him who shouldn't have really been there and then when he went through his hardships I haven't I don't know if them people are still in his life but I haven't seen them like they could send him messages they could talk on the phone I don't know but he's gone back to his roots he's gone back to playing with his Pilchy boys playing football with the Pilchy boys he's always just like always with little Fran and Elliot uh, Ellis sorry and he's he's always with his girlfriend now and he's just he's growing up and I think he realises Wow, I could have nearly not fought for a bit there. Mm. Wow, now he knows how important it is. And if he hasn't got fighting, what has he got? And now he's taking it as serious as he needs to. And friggin' I'll just wait, just wait until Saturday. I, I can't wait. Well, he's got this amazing opportunity here to follow in the footsteps of one Conor McGregor and to become a, yeah. you know, to win the same two belts yeah. in, the, yeah. in Cage Warriors that Conor did. And obviously, Conor's career trajectory speaks yeah. for itself. Paddy, you know, we're right behind him. This entire city's right behind him, of course we are. And he's got yeah. this incredible demographic following him. But genuinely, Mo, how far do you think Paddy can go? I'd be lying if I didn't if I didn't say or believe that he could get he could win a title in the UFC. And I think where he is only twenty three. Once you're in there, you're in there and there's no coming back. There's no back step. That that's it, you're there. So I know he could absolutely destroy 99% of the division. Um, I just think someone, the only way most of us from our gym will lose is just stylistically if someone just doesn't match up right with our style. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I generally believe it's not going to come, it's not going to be a long term, a, a long process for him. It will be very like quick fire, like the same way that I think it'd be faster than what Darren's done um, just because of the momentum that he's got when he wins the belt. Um I think he's just, he's got the, he's got it. Like, do you know, like when we, we was talking about with, um, people who, who've technically got it, like a good friend of mine and, and a lad who fights, used to fight on Cage Warriors, Nathaniel Wood, the prospect. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely terrifying fighter. Unreal at what he does. Puts people asleep, gets put in against veterans who he shouldn't beat and, and knocks them stiff. But there's something missing in terms of like, why hasn't everyone kicked off for him? Why is it, like why is he not bigger than what he is? Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes there's just one little thing missing that that takes. I don't know what it takes to find, but I feel like Paddy's just got it all. Absolutely, you know what he's I mean? got it all. Um, yeah. 
Stick with us, you'll listen to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk, and we're still going to count down Cage Warriors 96. Coming up in part two, we've got Soren back, Paddy's opponent, who's talking the big talk, let me tell you. And also we're going to hear from Molly's other teammate, Elliot Jenkins, who will tell you what, this kid doesn't wait around. Five stoppage wins in his pro career so far. Moll, I'll see you Saturday night. See you later. Bye. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. If you're just joining us, you've just missed Molly McCann. UFC superstar. Um, she was obviously setting the scene ahead of this weekend's massive Cage Warriors 96 event destined for the Liverpool Echo Arena. It's absolutely packed with scousers, as Molly's just been explaining then. Tons going on, especially guys from Next Generation. Uh, also, if you're going down there at the weekend, then it, you know, it will be pretty much a sellout. It usually is when Paddy the Baddy's involved. Um, the atmosphere will be electric. Loads of local connections, as I say on there. We talked about that in the first part of, of tonight's show. But also keep an eye out for Nicholas Dalby. Uh, Nicholas Dalby is a fascinating fighter from Scandinavia. Nicholas Dalby actually fought Darren Till in the UFC, and they had a draw. He's the only blemish on Darren Till's professional record. Obviously, Darren Till, Liverpool's own favourite MMA son right now, fights for the UFC welterweight gold in less than a fortnight's time. Dalby competes on this Cage Warriors card on Saturday night against Roberto Algretti, who's a really talented uh, Italian fighter as well. Definitely keep an eye out for him. But now coming up in part two of the show, we talked about him at the top of the show. We talked about Paddy the Baddy, talked about his mindset. Molly's give us a little bit of an insight into that camp. But let's talk about his opponent this weekend. Of course, it takes two to tango. And, you know, we're biased. We're from Liverpool. This is all about Paddy the Baddy. It's all about his show. It's all about making a statement, especially in the aftermath of UFC Liverpool, and proving that he's a world-class fighter and becoming a two-weight world champion. But listen, they don't give these belts away for free. And let me tell you, he has got a fight on his hands this weekend. Sonnen back, the true Viking comes to Liverpool with just one loss in 11 professional fights for the reason. He is a monster. Where Paddy's strength is on the ground, Soren's strength as well is in the grappling exchanges. Um, he will want this fight on the ground himself. He will try and put Paddy on his back and work his ground a pound, work from top control. We just spoke about how Paddy will relish that opportunity anyway. But listen, this could well get played out with its fists. And Soren back, like Paddy, also has the ability to knock people out. Two knockouts, six submissions, and two decisions in his 10 career wins. We last seen him actually fighting Liverpool um, back in October. He came in for Martin Stapleton from Manchester, choked him out in the first round after absolutely putting manners on him for the first two and a half minutes. Believe it, Son and back comes to Liverpool as a genuine threat to Paddy the Baddy, a threat to Paddy's legacy of following the footsteps of Conor McGregor. He comes in, he comes here to win. Anyone that's seen the promo of him walking up and down Crosby Beach dressed as a Viking like he'd just come out the water, swinging an axe over his head. Make no mistake, man, it's more than just a gimmick. This kid can happily fight. And you know what? He happily took the fight against Paddy in Paddy's backyard because he's been here before, he's done the business before, and he's relishing the opportunity to come back here and make a bit of a statement again. Here's me with Son and Back. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. I'm hanging backstage at the Echo Arena ahead of the September the 5th, first Cage Warriors 96 card when the vacant lightweight championship will be on the line. Liverpool's own Paddy Pimlet will face the one and only Son and Back. He's sitting right in front of me as well. Looking very happy, looking very happy to be sitting on the banks of the River Mersey. But I guess... 
you've got good memories of this place anyway, a sensational performance when you did fight here. Yeah, I fought against Martin Stapleton, a local favourite, but uh, took him out in first round. Yeah, Martin, of course, uh, came from Manchester just up the road, but certainly a, a northwest fighter. And yeah. you know, Was that the performance as well? It felt like the performance that rubber-stamped your, your case to fight for the lightweight championship? Yeah, definitely, because I started out with the... A longer fight against Scott Clist, a bloody mess for three rounds, yep. and he just wouldn't give in. And, and this was really the first time in Cage Wars where I showed I can finish fights as well. Yeah. Tell me about your your journey into mixed martial arts, Soren, because you know there's there's been one or two, you know, iconic fighters from your neck of the woods from Norway, but there isn't a steady stream of fighters coming out of Norway. So how did you get into mixed martial arts and the training and everything else? Well, well, firstly, I'm, I'm from Denmark. Oh, from but, Denmark, sorry. But, but it's fine. Of Denmark, also, sorry. Also yeah. good guys in Norway. <laughs> Norway. Um, I'll, start, I'll ask you that question again, if you don't mind. It's fine. Can you tell me about... Well. <laughs> <laughs> I called you Norwegian. Yeah, yeah. Another guy called me Swede as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Christian Eriksson. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, and tell me about your journey into, into mixed martial arts, of course. And there's been a... a a sprinkling of, of Danish fighters over the years uh, who've really stood out on a global scale, but there isn't a steady stream of fighters out of out of your home nation. So, how did you get into mixed martial arts? Who's your inspiration? And you know, tell me about your history. Yeah, so from a very early age, uh, from the age of six, I uh, started as a wrestler because that's in my family, and we had a, a few world title uh, contingents in in Greco-Roman wrestling. So. That was really my, my intro into mixed mar- uh, on, onto martial arts. And then at the age of, I believe, five, 15 maybe, uh, my, my local wrestling gym opened up an MMA gym. So I could go to my wrestling and then afterwards do the MMA. Um, and then I turned 18 and uh, the guys were like, you got to take a fight. I'm like, all right. Uh, and um, it went well. and. Two weeks after, I, I had my first semi-pro fight, and I was hooked from there. At that stage, were you watching mixed martial arts? Were you watching UFC? Were you absorbing it? And did you, at that stage, think there could be a career here? Or did you initially just think, I'll have one fight and see, see, see if I like it? After the first two fights, I was actually I was doing my, my third year at college, and uh, I took myself, like, sitting in the back of the class and just watching UFC during the class uh, and thinking, well, this is what I want to be, what, what am I doing in school? Yeah. What were you studying at the time? Uh, uh, finance. What did your family think then when you made that decision to focus on mixed martial arts rather than education? Yeah, well, my, my family has always been very supportive. Also, they, they are kind of used to it because I've always done competitive sports, so... Um, it was it's quite natural, and they they urged me to stay in school, and I did. So I I got my degree, and and now I can like I have something to go back to if if anything goes wrong. Yeah, um, y- your run of course as a pro is, has been sensational. Um, you, you've built up a, a real strong following on the not just the European stage but international stage as well. You know, people are talking about you, excited about the future. Um, but your opponent's exactly the same. Yeah. You know, Paddy Pimlet's also got a, a big, huge wave of support behind him. Um, this feels like a, a, a win-win fight from the outside looking in. I think both guys' profile goes up here. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. It's um, maybe I, I believe Paddy got a quite a big, bigger following than, than I do. But uh, definitely, it's it's 
two strong names facing against each other, and either way, it's going to be uh, contention for for title uh, for uh, fight of the year, I yeah. believe. Yeah. You obviously uh, we talked about it earlier. You claimed a win here, uh, a standout performance of your career against Martin Stapleton, uh, but on that night, you didn't have the whole capacity crowd against you. No. Uh, have you fought in an environment like that before, and is that something you're conscious of? Yeah, so so every every fight I've taken outside of Denmark has been like uh, on, on the other guy's home turf, so to speak. So I, f- I fought a couple of guys in Finland and and there with their crowd, uh, and also Scott Clears from from Wales yeah. was also uh, a strong following. In yes, Newport, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so so I'm I'm conscious of it, and I'm actually doing quite well, I believe. Uh, getting motivated by by the people yelling yeah yeah you quite like being the heel you quite like being the bad guy yeah i kind of <laughs> do <laughs> do you think something do you think that kind of mentality of you know everybody's against you does that bring out more from you does it improve your game being your, you know being the local underdog if you like yeah yeah i do uh, it it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off me i believe and and puts more on him uh, the last fight i had in denmark i, I really felt the uh, the hometown advantage I could uh, hear all my friends and family in the crowd but but at the same time I could feel the enormous amount of pressure it it really builds when everyone in here is here to see you win yeah uh, when I'm uh, in Liverpool against Paddy it's going to be the opposite yeah you've um, yourself and Paddy have gone back and forth for quite a while now it feels like this fight's been quite a long time cooking up and rumbling and You've both been on social media and whatever else. Obviously, we're nearing the fight now. Do you expect that to ignite to go even higher, or do you expect it to die down now as we approach the fight? Will the war of words continue, or mm. is it more about the, ga- the, the the fight itself now? Now it's been made. Uh, yeah. Do you put that to one side? What's your mentality? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking because um, it was kind of back and forth to put pressure on, on Cage Warriors as well to make the matchup because we both wanted it. Um, so, so right now, for me at least, it's it's more about the fight than than the social media and the back and forth banter. Yeah. Beating Paddy, it's been proven now. Nad signed for the UFC, fought in Hamburg. It, it feels like because Paddy has been in a position to sign for the UFC and turned it down, mm. he seems to be the gatekeeper to a UFC career. So, in all honesty, what means more to you, beating Paddy Pimlet and potentially unlocking that door, or winning the Cage Warriors title? The the ultimate goal for me is going to the UFC, so so, so that that will be it. Uh, and and we we agree that uh, the Paddy kind of seems to be the gatekeeper, or at least the the most convenient one in in the in the lightweight category in Cage Warriors. So so we we have the same mentality that uh, a spectacular win here could easily uh, boost myself into the UFC. Yeah. Back home in Denmark, how would how how bigger news would that be for you to to become champion here and then potentially go step inside the octagon yeah in in denmark you can still count on like two hands how many people from from denmark has gone to ufc so it's it's still quite quite a big news and right now we only have have two guys left in the ufc out of all those yeah. so it's still a small small crowd yeah, yeah. of the danish fighters in ufc of course what's is a question for you actually what would you say Paddy's strengths are? Yeah, Paddy got a lot of strengths, but he's kind of the like the high reel guy, grappling, uh, flying armbars, flying triangles. And that stuff looks great. And the 
no doubt about it. But he's much more loose in his style, and I'm much more tight in everything I do. So if, if you kind of look head to head, I believe that I do the high percentage moves, I do calculated risk, where he kind of throws everything away if if if, if it doesn't goes his way, where he feels comfortable on his back. I'm much more comfortable taking taking control of the fight and using my elbows to get my submissions. Yeah. Does Paddy's loose approach, as you call it, does that make him tough to prepare for, though, because he can be unpredictable? Yeah, of course. Uh, what we kind of do is, 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 of course, practice for it, but, but also do the basic things, because even though you do flying arm, but it's still, it's still basically the same defense you're going to use. So uh, I've been doing uh, a lot of grappling with the uh, local guy, Axel Apergis, who just won the ADC, uh, ADCC in, in Germany. Yeah. So I, I feel strongly prepared for, for whatever he throws at me. Do you do your full camps in Denmark? Yeah, I do. Do you have your own team around you? Are you, um, you know, is there many fighters out of your team? Obviously, Paddy comes from a, a team that's... You know, it's got 20 or 30 active fighters. Is, is your camp similar or is it a little bit more intimate? Well, we, we have, uh, what, around 15 look, uh, active fighters. Um, that, that seems quite enough for me. And then we do local uh, experts like Axel from the grappling perspective. And uh, I have a specialist in Thai boxing working my elbows and knees from the clinch. And so, so I feel it's well-rounded, uh, all good camp. Yeah, what's the what's the MMA scene like in Denmark? Well, is it strong at the moment? Because you know British MMA is, has never been stronger than it is now. Kind of like the boxing scene, it's never been stronger. Mm. Well, we we kind of um, we're not really in the same position in Denmark. It was actually stronger f a few years ago. Yeah, where we we had uh, both our local uh, event coordinators and and also cage warriors coming in and uh, making a lot of hype for the f for the sport. But it seems to be difficult to fill arenas in, in Denmark, yeah. sadly. Fli flicking back forward then to September the 1st, you know, you, you make your walk to the cage. You obviously get booed on the way. <laughs> You're ready for yeah. that. Uh, Paddy makes his way to the cage. You know, everybody steps out, but the referee, it's just you guys. What happens next? What plays out next? We're going to go a bit back and forth. Paddy's going to end up on his back. He's going to try to do his fancy shit. I'm gonna open it up with elbows, and he's gonna either gonna be stopped by the referee or he's gonna give me a submission to end his pain. Do you believe that a nothing short of a sensational finish is what you need? Because you, you, you're talking about finishing a guy or, or knocking a guy out that's never been knocked out. Mm. So, <laughs> do you believe that's the kind of statement you need to get to get to the next level? Definitely. Um, I'm all. I'm, I'm never saying. I can only do finishing guys. I, I grind people out and usually they tie out and give me a submission or I get in a position where the ref stops the fight. Um, so, so my mentality is I want to win the fight and I'm going to look for the, every finish, finishing moves I have. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Stalk. Stick with us coming up after the break. Lightweight prospect, Elliot Jenkins. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk with our Cage Warriors 96 Countdown Special. If you're only just tuning in, you've just missed out on listening to Soren Back, Paddy, Paddy the Baddies, 
big opponent this weekend. And earlier in the show, of course, we spoke to Molly McCann, UFC star extraordinaire. Give us a bit of an insight into what's going on inside Paddy's mind ahead of this big fight this weekend. Of course, Lee Chadwick defends his middleweight belt on the card also, as well as the likes of Mick Stanton and um, Carl Dilks making his MMA debut here. Um, Tim Barnett moving over to Cage Warriors for this card. And also the guy I wanna, I'm speaking to next in the build-up to the show this week, I managed to catch up with Elliot Jenkins. Now, Elliot, yet another absolutely rising superstar out in the next-gen camp. So much potential in this kid. Absolutely, you know, literally the, the, the holds no bounds of how far this kid can go. Um, Paddy spoke about it to me not long ago, saying that he, he feels obliged to stay on Cage Warriors Coast at the moment. He's, he's turning us back on UFC opportunities because he's trying to feather the nest. He's trying to put something in place to make sure that Cage Warriors keep coming back to Liverpool and he wants the next generation of, of fighters from this city behind him to come and carry the flag and be able to sell out shows. And make no mistake, Elliot Jenkins and the potential that he's got is certainly one of those guys. A lightweight, he's got a 5-1 and one record. All five of his professional wins coming inside the distance. This is not a kid that likes to hang around. Um, sensational performance last time out against Josh Abram with a, another arm triangle choke. Little bit of a guillotine submission specialist, but has got hands as well. Uh, one with a, a TKO uh, earlier in his career. Absolutely got so much potential. Everyone at Next Gen's raving about this kid. He grinds with Paddy day in, day out. They're like blood brothers down there. He's been hit a little bit with injury. He actually made his pro debut back in 2013. Uh, he just hasn't been able to have much luck. He's fought once a year pretty much since 2015. Um he needs to get busy. He knows that. We know that as fight fans. But if he can string wins together, obviously starting this weekend, then Elliot Jenkins' future is absolutely golden. And uh, he's certainly on the, the next generation list, incidentally from the next generation gym, of talent from this city that can follow in the footsteps of Paddy, of um, Chris Fishgold, of Darren Till, of Paddy the Baddy. Of Lee Chadwick, you know, they're, they're the current generation who are right at the top flying the flag, but the likes of Elliot Jenkins are right behind him. And this weekend against Mahmoud Fahou on the undercard of Paddy, he gets the opportunity to, again to really send out a bit of a statement to the, the domestic lightweight division. He's got so much talent and he can also rock the mic, which, as we know, is very important. And I asked him, you know, you're in this pro game, you've had five fights and all five of them have gone inside the distance. He's making it look easy, isn't he? That's it, it's just, uh, like, I'm not going to go in and put a boring fight on. I'm going in there to, to fight. I'm not going in there to lie on someone. So, um, well, if I do lie on them, do we get in the face elbowed in? So, it's I'm like. Is this, um, this is kind of this new wave of mentality now coming out of next gen. It's like, you know, literally everyone you speak to who trains at your gym these days, the, the world is their oyster. Um, you're obviously quite early on in this journey, but are you surprised how easy how easy it's been in the pro game? Um, not really, no, just because I've, I've done it for so long, you know what I mean, and I've found good people who, who were up there themselves, so it just makes, makes life easier for me, really, and if you train hard, then the results pay off, and f thankfully I've won all my first, all my uh, five fights in the first round, so making easy work of it. Like, are you, is this something that are you conscious of it now when you go into a fight that you're like, you know what, I want to keep this run going? He's getting it first round. <laughs> no, no, I just train hard, and then shit just seems to happen. Now. If they get finished in the first, but it's just the way it's just gonna keep going. Like. 
tell us about your journey then into into mixed martial arts, into MMA. You know, did you come from a fighting family? You know, how did you first get into martial arts? And you know, starting out, was it always BJJ or was it always next gen? Yeah, um, well, I started off when I was about fifteen. Um, my cousin was training, and he was doing MMA, and it was half not new, but it was quite new. But like my dad's always boxed on that, and like when he was a kid, he boxed in the paddles and that. So like fighting's always been around me, but MMA was quite new, like I said. So my cousin was fighting at the time and training. Uh, I think I was yeah, I was 15, and he just said, "Come down to the gym one day," and I went down. Uh, done it. I think it was a grappling class. I remember going there the first time and it's happened. I think it was someone with a uh, straight ankle lock. And I remember just falling in love from that day, and here we are now, like nine years on. Um, the um to start out so early, you're part of this generation, similar to the man sitting next to you, Paddy Pimlet, but you're part of this generation that, you know, you know, questions I used to ask Lee Chadwick were, you know, um, what did you start first? Was it wrestling? Was it boxing? Was it BJJ? But you're of a generation that started with mixed martial arts? Just all of it, yeah. Like, we, I just didn't start in one discipline. I just, just done it all at once. And like I said, that was like nine years ago. So just keep learning, keep learning. So you you actually started training mixed martial arts before you necessarily became a fan of mixed martial arts? Were you watching the UFC at that stage, or did you not even know what the UFC was? I like I knew what it was, but I didn't watch it or not. I remember watching Anderson Silva. I think he fought in in Abu Dhabi. I remember watching that one. Yeah, yeah, it was. Surprised you'd ever watch MMA again? Yeah, I know. But then that was it. From then, like I was watching it all the time and. I don't really watch it as much as I do now, but like I still still love it. Like, what do you, what do your friends and family think? Obviously, your, your dad was a boxer. Did it, was he straight away? Did he get mixed martial arts? Did he see why you were getting into it, or was he a bit more like go to boxing gym instead? Yeah, uh, nah, like me family now have only really just like the last. I don't know. Like I've got quite a big family, and obviously they've got mixed opinions and that. But the majority. Uh, I wasn't really going anywhere in school and, that, and I was sporty and I was active like that so like my mum and dad they actually like made up that I do it and they like all for it and that so yeah but like me, me nan and me yeah me nan and me granddad and that they're all like proper worried and that but <laughs> like it just really doesn't bother me like at all fighting it's just it's just another day at the office you know what I mean like I said we do we train every day and that so going in there and on a Saturday night and fighting is it's boss you know what I mean your nan and granddad are still waiting for you to get a proper job. Yeah, still, yeah, that's all they say. When are you getting a job? <laughs> it's like you'll see. You know what I mean. This journey, as I say, you're just starting out now. You've, you know, you've had just six fights, um, but obviously, excitement has grown around you now. A lot of MMA press around you. A lot of fans are now really starting to gravitate towards you. Um, are you feeling that a little bit more? Has it changed the game for you? Are you approaching the sport a little bit more seriously, or are you just kind of, kind of just still enjoy it and take it in your stride? Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, probably the majority of fighters hate training but love fighting. But uh, yeah, that's probably me. But like, uh, I don't know. Just because it's blew up so much, like I'm, I am a part of it. You know what I mean? I, I remember I had my very first fight, amateur fight, the same day as Paddy. And, um, Back on AFC. Yeah, the 26th ago. of October. I think it was 2011, something like that. So, yeah, but it's just it keeps evolving and keeps growing and growing. But you just got to be there and working hard and evolving with it. You're someone that's you know you 
as I say, you're just starting out really, but you've also dealt with quite a lot of injuries during that yeah. spell as well. Has that been frustrating? As you say, your debut, you made your amateur debut same day as Paddy. And yeah. Paddy's jumped ahead of you because yeah. he's been able to stay fit. Yeah, it's just, yeah, um, just like injuries are part of the game, you know what I mean? You get injured and you've got to crack on. There's people who get injured and just leave it. Just think, ah, oh, it's not worth it, whatever. But like, if you've got a strong mind and you can see into the future, then injuries shouldn't stop you. You've had spells out of out of competition because of the injuries. Did you? Are you the type of person that stays away from the gym then because you're so frustrated you can't get on there and roll? Or was you still going in the gym? Was you getting a taste of it every day? Yeah, yeah. Just go in and just do what you can. Like Rima just says, just go in and just do whatever you can. If you're injured, just get in and just do as much as you can and stay in the gym. So that's what you've got to do, really. Just keep keep active and stay in the gym, stay in the mix. How would you describe what's going on at Next Gen at the moment? You know, I've, I've asked Molly this question, I've asked Paddy this question previously as well. But you know, sometimes in sport, you know, people talk about lightning getting stuck in a bottle and, the, and then all the magic ingredients being ready. And yeah. Every time you walk into Next Gen at the moment, it <laughs> feels like that. You can feel there's a real atmosphere in there. Yeah. What's it like to be a part of something like that? It's unreal. It's boss. Like all the way up from like the amateurs to the pros to the girls as well. Like. We've got the amateurs in there training with the pros and it's just we're all together, everyone's like laughing and joking but when it's time to work, we switch on, it's time to work then and we work hard and that's why the results are the way they are because we know when to, to switch on and work but it's just like a big family environment in there, you know what I mean, it's just, it's unreal. Yeah. You were supposed to fight in Belgium, you picked up a, an ear injury, Yeah. how is the injury, what was the injury and you know, every cloud has a silver lining. You know, yeah. moved to the Liverpool card anyway, so it's kind yeah, of yeah. better. Yeah, well, um, I was supposed to be fighting in Belgium on the 16th of June. Um, the Thursday before, I was sparring and I went for a takedown and landed on one of the lads' hips. And um, soon as I landed, my hearing just went in my left ear, but I was fine. I carried on and done another four rounds and that was sound. That was the Thursday. Went and done my medical for the fight on the Monday. And, um, the doctor looked at me and said there was a hole in there and I, that I'd perforated my eardrum and that I wouldn't be fighting in, to be honest. I f thought he was joking. Didn't think so something like that would like, pull you out of a fight, obviously. It did and I was devastated, but then they put me on the September the 1st card, so even uh, even better that it's in my own time as well. So. No opponents at the moment. The same opponents. It's not going to get switched. You don't think? Um, no, because he think he's in the Marines or something, and he's back on duty or something, so they couldn't, they couldn't get him. But I'm not asked to fight. I've got an own fighting on September the first, so I'll just be training my ass off and just get get me someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not asked to do it. It's just get me someone. It's an amazing time to be a, a, a fighter, not just a mixed martial artist, but a boxer as well. From Liverpool, we're winning world titles yeah. left, right, and centre in the boxing ring with. Titles coming left, right, and centre in MMA as well. UFC have just obviously been to Liverpool yeah. at, the, at the here at the Echo Arena. Did you attend the UFC night? What did you make of it, or did you watch it from home? Um, yeah, I watched it from ours. Um, it was a good night. Yeah. It was good for the city, like in it. But um, there was a lot more stars. What went on the card? What should have been like? Yeah. Did you see a, You know, did you see an influx at the gym the following week? Did you see a reaction at the gym with the kids? Um, Even more hype than usual. Did you see bigger numbers coming in for the kids' classes, or so so like it's just like more it's just hyped after the cage warriors. Like. Yeah, it is. <laughs> does go off in the cage warriors. It's it's unreal. Like you know what I mean. But the gym's always just in a good good place. You know what I mean. We love we love what we do, and it's just 
Sest siis hokukud sinu mõnu nii, et sa Vohen neeren, et siis just ta päästi just feel out of home. Cage Warriors events at the Echo Arena are exactly that. A next-gen home game. Yeah. Next-gen fighters on there. Yeah. It does feel like a next-gen home show. Um, you know, yourself, the, the UK MMA media now are waking up to the fact of your potential. But what other kids out of next-gen should be looking out for you? Who's the next Paddy Pimlet? Who's the next Elliot Jenkins? Everyone from the, the very first amateur to the last pro to the girls, there's just everyone has just got something to to offer, you know what I mean? That's what I mean. That's why it's not important to not have an ego because there's someone on the mat who can show you something. Might be something little but they can show you something so you just gotta just evolve with everyone like and but from the know there's just so many to look out for. It's mad, isn't it? And Liam Malloy. Liam Malloy, yeah. Liam Nathan Fletcher. Nathan ben Fletcher. Ben the funk I, I don't want to, yeah, Adam the twins. I don't want to, I don't want to carry on naming because I'll end up missing someone else and feeling bad. So I'll just say everyone from the amateurs up to the pros and You've the girls. Amateurs, amateurs there who have like pros. Yeah, they are as good as as good as pros out there, and they've got they've got mentality yeah. like a pro, and they diet like a pro, they yeah. live like a pro. You know what I mean? It's got amateurs Keeps in the Keeps us on our, on our yeah. toes, doesn't it? Keep us on our toes and. <laughs> I just look at some of these now and think, wow, imagine I was like that when I was amateur. Yeah. <laughs> I was drinking bottles of Coke a few days before the bite <laughs> and that. Yeah. For you, Elliot, final question, September the 1st. TBA at the moment, but I'm sure we will get a name. Yeah. Are we going to get another first round finish? Yeah, definitely. Definitely 1 million percent, and it's just going to be a clean sweep for next gen. You've been listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Please catch with us across all social media. I will be at Cage Warriors 96 this weekend reporting from ringside. We are at Fight Disciples on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual places. And for our back catalogue and for this week's boxing and UFC podcasts, hit us on fightdisciples.com or check us out via iTunes or your usual podcast distributor. I'll catch you here next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.